Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about gaudy bracelets, short dresses for some reason, and Abby's favorite thing from this episode, egg, egg breakfast sandwiches. Oh my god, this was so weird. It was such a weird line. This was a weird episode. They did, they did so much of this was done like on purpose. And I'm mad about the fact that it was on purpose. Like, every single choice that they made in this episode makes me angry to my bones. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a great time. <laughs> I'm Beth Elderkin, and I'm joined, as always, by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? Hey, guys. So college is tough, man. Holy cow. <laughs> They're mean to you there. They make you do stuff. It's awful. <laughs> how dare they? Yeah, why are you even, like, doing it? Like, you know, you could just, like, take a nap. It's it's so exhausting. I've discovered what I the only way that I can explain it is and the only way I can calibrate it. This is why I'm so tired is because the way it, I rationalize it is that I'm answering to six different bosses because all of my teachers want different things. They have different timetables and none of them are talking to each other. Like it's just like none of them are like in cahoots. So I just feel like I'm answering to like five different wings of a business with different bosses. And so I'm just like I'm keeping up and it's fine, but I feel like I'm doing a lot of just plate spinning it's tiring yeah. it's exhausting i and then i on you know the the permanent plate spinning of having a baby dragon who is also in school oh my goodness we had our first fundraiser <gasps> hey ah. which i'm fine with but i don't why are we raising funds for schools i pay taxes <laughs> well abby i can help add a little bit of levity to your day i'm excited uh i just bought henry's first halloween costume today oh my god i love it <gasps> Oh, and I saw, oh, he's already growing out of things. He's too big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's getting too big. He is, there's some, I have some clothes he never fit in. I found them and I was like, oh, here's some cute clothes. Sorry, too big. Oh, yeah. We definitely did that. And then I felt very guilty because you stack them in the dresser and then you start like a rotation and then you realize, mm -hmm. oh, I never got to the things at the bottom. And then it's just yeah. like, oh, that was 15 months ago. He's never going to fit. That doesn't fit over his head. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, guys, we are here to talk about season three, episode six. As our lovely queen would put it, Aurea's. Because for some reason, and this was actually Lana Perilla's idea, according to the wiki, uh, the evil queen shows up as 
the ancient thousands years dead sea goddess Ursula, but plays her as the Disney version. I it. This didn't, it didn't, you guys, it didn't work. It didn't work. It was so bad. It was like a first read through. It felt like a table reading where you're just trying something that doesn't work and no one has the courage to tell you it doesn't work. I love her to death. This bombed. Yeah, this is, um, this is, it, I would call it a filler episode, but it's really not because you get just about five episodes worth of these reveals because we have the giant cave of you have to reveal stuff in order to get the plot moving in order to get the rocks moving. The worst plot device ever. Oh no, it's a secret that makes you tell everything that's been happening in the season that's been causing us tension. Also, Snow White can't keep a secret. Like, I love everything about this. And by love, I mean hate. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, as far as international titles go, for the most part, they all stuck with Ariel, uh, except for our pals in Germany, because they barged to their own drummer. They called it Unter der Meer, which is under the sea. I and I, I just I just want to, like, I might just start renaming our episodes, whatever the German titles are, because they're just gold. Yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a second half of season three kind of uh, podcast title situation. Yeah, yeah, we're we're going there. We're just we're just we're going in directions, guys. We we've got ideas, and a li- another little bit of fun trivia because we do get a cameo from quote unquote the real Ursula by the end of the episode. Um, is a gold statue thing. I'm very curious how this plays or doesn't play into the Ursula we get later. Why am I saying Ursula? That's not Ursula. how you say it. Ursula. 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 Uh, but this one was not voiced by the actress who plays Ursula later on in the series. She was actually voiced by Yvette Nicole Brown from Community. Okay, so number one, that's wild. Uh, second of all, I'm re-watching Community right now. That whole show is a fever dream. How did that show happen? I have questions. We will talk about it later. <laughs> Uh, according to uh, Yvette on Twitter, she said um, the creators uh, asked her to play Ursula uh, because she had auditioned for, I think, a different part. Uh, either she said Helen, but there wasn't a Helen in the show. So I'm guessing maybe it was on Lost or something. But they apparently she's in love with Once Upon a Time or was at the time, at least. And so the creators asked her to um, to be to voice this character, do a little cameo. Uh, and the thing that shocks me the most is that that tweet only has two retweets and four likes. It should have 14 million. Yeah. What's up with that? Come on, yeah. guys. I might just retweet it and just freak her out. <laughs> just retweet it out of nowhere. She'd be like, what's this bot doing retweeting my random? I'll something be like, from- I talked about it on a podcast. I love you, Yvette. Hello. Hey, How you come doing? Come on our podcast and talk, talk about your three lines. Um, what? <laughs> Wait, what year was that tweeted out at? Ah, uh, that was 2015. Uh, so far away. Yeah. Free baby so, dragons. So in, the, in the long, long ago. All right, in guys, well, we are going to start in Neverland. Um, and Regina has filled the role previously embodied by Mr. Gold because he's off having eggs with some guy named Pan, who talks about eggs. We're going to get to that later. But right now, Regina is trying to teach Emma about magic. And in her eyes, 
magic comes from a place of darkness. Now, this doesn't set right with our own charmings for obvious reasons, and Emma's a little bit iffy about it, but we do get a hint of the darkness within because she gets angry about being angry, and then there's uh, fire. Classic. I love, um, I love uh, Charming and Snow, like, arms around each other, watching like they're just too connected. So just like, we're just going to sit here and watch. It was, it was, this whole, like, the the blocking of this whole scene was so awkward. Because, like, yeah, just start the fire. And she's standing over the fire. And this the whole show just opens up with Regina just yelling at her one right after the other. Like there's no break in between. She's just like, you have to get madder. You have to do better. Stop sitting around. Do more. Stop. What are you doing? Keep going. It's like, she hasn't had time to blink yet. Regina, give her a second. Yeah. And it, it, it isn't quite clear why at this point they're practicing magic, especially to light a fire because usually light a fire for, um, you know, to, to make camp and to stay warm, although I'm sure it's really hot there. So I don't know why this all of a sudden is like, they need to do magic time because I mean, they, they discussed the possibility of teaming up to use both their magics to defeat Pan, but I was pretty sure that they kind of dismissed that by the end of whatever episode that was. They, all of their plans are constantly shot down, so I don't know what's going anymore. Uh, but again, yeah, this first ten minutes of this whole episode were so wild and chaotic to, like, pushing past old plot points to get to new plot points. I had to rewind it at one point to just keep up with what was happening. Oh, same. Uh, this is actually the scene where I had to because um, Hook <laughs> takes David and Mary Margaret aside um to two feet tell- to the side two yeah. feet to the side they do not leave emma's presence no and and there's another scene where mary margaret and emma are talking about her kissing hook and they're like hooks right behind them how, and they're speaking at full volume no one knows how like are there just like little bubbles around each person is there neverland magic bubbles of silence they you only make noise very- in the echo cave <laughs> They're all very hard of hearing. Like, they, they have all, like, too much magic has ruptured their eardrums. It's just been bad. Mm. Uh, but I will say that one of my favorite through lines of this entire episode is Hook standing at a distance looking forlorn at Emma. My favorite. 10 out of 10. Had Twilight energy. I loved it. Oh, so Aww. hardcore. Yeah, so he tells he tells Charming and Snow that um, that Neil is alive and he is in Neverland. And Abby, I I almost texted you at this moment because the moment that David is like, no, we need to keep it a secret from Emma. I yelled, like I literally yelled at my TV, "F you, charming!" Like, but I said I said the profanity. Um, I just don't feel like saying it again because I've already felt it in my bones. I don't need to relive that experience, you guys. Uh, and I was just, I was livid. What is with David and secrets? First of all, what is I, would, thing? I, I would like to point out that, like, I think we're just too early in the episode for, for Beth to be dropping hard F-bombs. So I think probably by the end we'll get her riled up enough that she'll just let one fly. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, no, this was, this was, hi, um, I've learned nothing in the last five episodes of my almost dying and everything. Like, none of... It, n- 
only somehow Hook and Snow are making sense because Hook's like, listen, he there's no reason for him to lie. Like, I believe that he's alive. We need to tell, like, good for Hook. I love it. Hook was just like, oh, we got to tell her. We ha- 100% have to tell her. And so I was like, yeah, I don't, I'm not really good at keeping secrets, which she's not wrong at all. And <laughs> she yeah, proves Char- it like two minutes later. But then, yeah, Charming, the world's worst dad and husband. Uh, like Neverland has like brought out the worst side of him. And this was just, it, none of his, this is my problem with the episode. And we'll talk about it again when we get to Regina and Rumpel, because the way the dialogue works does not work in character because again, we'll talk about it with them specifically, but with David, none of what he's saying and how they're reacting sounds normal. Like they just need them to shout these words at each other to get to the plot point, which is hilariously exactly what happens. Well, and the the other thing with with David is that his plans are bad. Like they're never good. Like his whole thing about I'm not going his I, his secret his reasons for keeping secrets are never good, and they're always the wrong choice. When he wanted to keep the secret that he was dying, he said it was be, he didn't want to distract from the mission to save Henry, and yet here he is sweating profusely collapsing in, in in on the ground and being a burden to everyone around him because he's dying so keeping the secret is a bad choice not only for trust but also because he's more of a hindrance by not telling them and then with this situation his defense is oh if she thinks that you know what what happens if you know she gets the hope that he can be that he can they can be reunited and then she loses him again she's going to go through that pain all over again i'm like what so if he dies on the island she's just going to never know he was alive again is that his plan and then we'll like tell her later i guess like none of yeah no none of this plan is good because here's here's the thing that just this is what really irks me like cuz sometimes you're just given like a really shit situation This is a really shit situation. And unfortunately you have to do stuff that you don't want to do. Like, you know, Hey, by the way, you remember how we you've been going through this mourning process. Hey, guess what? He might be alive. We're not sure. She's an adult woman. Tell her. He also should know his daughter better than that. Although, you know, all evidence to the contrary, because it seems like Mary Margaret is the only one who's actually bothering to get to know Emma. But you know, we've watched Emma for, you know, two and a half seasons now that's not going to distract her from what's important. She is focused. She knows what she has to do. In fact, knowing that Neil is alive may very well be the extra spark that she needs to get the job done. She now has hope for something. And that's what Mary Margaret tells her. Like Mary Margaret gets it. And that's why she immediately tells Emma just like, yeah, she just spills the beans in a secret conversation and and then is like it's a good thing for you to know and emma's like yeah i made out with hook too it's a good thing for you to know and then she's like oh i actually liked mary margaret's response because she wasn't like oh you know what about neil or anything she's like oh did you do you like him did you like it like she's going with what emma needs and what emma's feeling and i like that yeah that's always been a a pretty decent uh, character trait of snow, I think, where it was mm-hmm. just like, if you're happy, you're happy. Um, which is what we see in the past with her. But yeah, I like, I just like, oh, he's like, well, I'm going to tell you that your, 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 your son's father is still alive and you've been mourning. And it's like, okay, well, I have an equally as crazy, uh, secret to tell you. 
I kiss the hook guy. <laughs> Equal caliber secrets. Uh, and so Peter Pan is like, oh, the game's afoot. Exactly the way I planned. I, I just love how like Peter Pan, like it doesn't matter whether or not it's part of his plan. He's going to fake it till he makes it. Like he will, yeah. he will find a way to make it part of his plan if it wasn't already part of his plan. And he will never let you know it wasn't part of his plan. He will never let you know he wasn't surprised. Like father, like son. Yeah, again, much like Rumple, but I think probably a little bit smarter than Rumple's wish. He mm -hmm. has a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, but they're all labeled the plan. So no matter what gets started, it's the plan. Aha, mm -hmm. the plan I knew that was going to come. It was his super secret backup plan, but still a plan nonetheless. So he's going to count that as a win. Yes, because he also knows that they have they have secrets. And, you know, if they if they decide they can't tell those secrets, they're not going to get Neil back and they're going to feel guilty for it. If they tell their secrets in the, the what I, you know, what I like to call the, it's just a video game level where you have to like, I felt like we were solving a puzzle to, to yeah. get the bridge across. It literally felt like the first Dragon Age game. There is a literal level where you have to um, do like some puzzle thing to make a bridge appear. It didn't uh, also, involve secrets, though. Yeah, so are we going to talk about the cave and the, the functionality of the cave? Because I We was, are going to talk kinda, about the cave. Okay, because they kind of yada yada, uh, Hook kind of yada yada through that a little bit. He did. Where it's like, couldn't we make a grappling hook and just crawl our asses over there? Do we need to divulge? But it's just like I lost a lot of men in there. It's a big cave with a hole in it. Did they just jump? <laughs> Did they do that thing that like in a video game where you get super, super mad and you just say, F it, I don't know, maybe jumping in this hole to my death is the, solves the puzzle. It almost never does, but it's like the 37th time you've been in there and you want to scream and throw your remote control, but. It just Whatever. it feels like unless they all ran across the bridge at the same time and then the one guy who made it across first refused to tell a secret and the bridge collapsed underneath them, like why would they all die? You, it would be like one would go at a time and you'd be like, well, I learned my lesson. I'm not going to cross because Jerry already kicked it. Well, I also was kind of thinking like when they when the the bridge came up, it was like really super skinny. And I was waiting for like her to get on it. And it was like, rumble, rumble. It's like, oh, we need to fortify it with more secrets. We need to tell more. And they just start spilling their guts about everything. Just like, hey, David, remember back uh, before the curse when I told you I really liked those pants you were wearing? I lied. And that's just. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, so Neil is in the middle of just like he—he's—he's he's, uh, so how somehow they got his little cage. <laughs> the poor actor. He's—I'm loving him more and more and more. But watching his little face in the cage, <laughs> just his tiny little face peering out. I just—it was all I very can't. dramatic too. I will say I liked it too when he realized where he was. He was like, "Come oh, on, no." I mean, I'll give it to him. I also really enjoyed how rea he reacted to Emma's secret, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yes, because um, at first, so Hook is the first one to reveal his secret in order to get things going and let show them, hey, this is how the secret cave of secrets gets done. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys that I kissed Emma. And Emma's like, oh, yeah. See, and that was another thing. Is it a secret if other people 
if the person of impact, because you know, like technically, charming secret about the stuff, Hook knew it, but that didn't count. Whereas yeah, the one with the a, hook, mm. it's not a damning secret. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we kissed. Oh, okay. Like, it's not gonna, like, other than the fact that Charming was getting very chastity belt angry, like, it was not, like, a world-crushing secret. Like, Emma Secret, (laughs) world-crushing. Charming's world-crushing. Snow's problematic, but world-crushing and life-changing. And Hook's, uh, Hook's was more, his didn't affect the group. Like, no way was his secret going to, in, in the short term at least, destroy the group. It was just like a, hey, this is something that I would consider a secret telling my therapist. <laughs> like, this is, a, this is a me secret that I don't want to admit to myself, but I've now said it out loud and breathed it into existence. Oh, good. It's only a quarter way across. I guess it wasn't juicy enough for you, Pan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so his secret is that kissing Emma has awakened a lot of feelings in him that he didn't know he really would have ever again. He was afraid he would never get to love again after Mila, who, uh, let me remind you, is the mother of the guy who Emma is in love with and is the father of her child. So this is weird, and it's never not going to be weird, you guys. I don't know what to tell you. I, well, when you put it like that, sometimes my brain just blacks out and takes that information away and makes me not think about it. So I was just like, why would that be weird? This was nice and wholehearted. And then I remembered that the woman he's talking about birds, the man on the other side of the plot device gave. <laughs> Who is probably like 100% hearing all of this, like, oh, my mom sucked. Like, uh, no. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he gets a little bit of the cave across, and then we get Snow's confession where, and and you mentioned problematic, so I actually kind of wanted you to take this one because I had my own thoughts about it, but I'm curious why you call it problematic. I'm sure I agree with you, but I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, So, and, and I'll say this, like my, this is not a completely fleshed out idea. I'll just say that the way, (sighs) so her secret is that she wants to have another baby great 100% love it love that for her but the way she admits it is again a very damning secret because the way she talks about it is she is so happy for Emma and she's so proud of her but it's not what she wanted she was robbed of things she didn't get to see all this stuff which is true she did not get to see all those things um but at the same time like I I don't know like it just seems seems weird like you don't need to see those things like and I understand that she had this vision of what she wanted of with a with a baby and what like and everyone has that picture in their brain but I mean again like I said this isn't fully fleshed out this just had like a there's an adoption problem in here somewhere you know what I mean where you're just like it's it's making Mm -hmm. a child not feel as welcome because you did not get to raise them like this is why older children in the foster system don't get adopted because they are already adults. So Snow is upset that her daughter is already an adult. And I know she didn't mean it that way. It's just, again, the writing in this episode was very clunky and very half-assed. And so this, this needed to be tightened up a little bit more for it to not seem as mean to Emma for no reason. Like Emma had no choice in this. I think that's why it was 
that's why it was her deepest, darkest secret. And you could tell she felt really guilty expressing it. And, you know, without getting too serious about it, I actually, I really empathized with what, with Mary Margaret's whole scene. Um, I actually felt it very deeply because, um, um, as I had mentioned before, my, my baby was early. And so he was in NICU for the first month of his life. And I didn't actually get to see him in person for three days. Like after he was born, it took me three days. Um, and so, uh, I missed the first couple days of his life. Like, you know, they talk about those, like those first, like those weird, like tar poops, never got to see him, never got to experience that. Um, and there's a lot of those first few weeks that I would have liked to have him home, but I, you know, and be together with my husband cause you couldn't be in there together, uh, cause of COVID um, but I never got those. So there are things that I missed now that does, I wouldn't change a thing. And it's not, I, I still, you know, love him just as much. And I'm still just as proud of him and everything. But the fact that I, I feel robbed, and this is something I'm going through in therapy. The fact that I feel robbed of part of my experience with him doesn't change the fact that I love who he is now. But it is a personal regret of mine and it's so and I feel like it's very much more intense with Mary Margaret's situation so I actually really identified with what she was talking about and the feelings that that can inspire because you feel like shit for feeling that way because you love your child as they are but it doesn't change the fact that you lost something along the way I agree with you and I'm not gonna at any point try to uh, expand on any of that I will just say the two thoughts that I had number one and again, this is in no way comparing what you experienced, but I was not there for my son's first steps. It happened at daycare. But luckily, because Snapchat exists, uh, my my the, the woman was just like, do you want me to let you know when he starts walking? I'm like, yes, send me videos. What the hell's happening? I was like in the office cheering and showing people, but then I like <gasps> cried for five minutes because I missed it. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I got to see him. I get to see him walk all the time now. It's pretty old hat. I'm not really impressed anymore. <laughs> um but like, yeah, it's, you, sometimes you miss things and that's just life. And not to say that your things is just life. I'm saying that like some of my stuff was just deciding to be a working mother. Uh, but also I like, sorry. And this was just a, a small point in your, in your thing when you were talking about things that you missed. I love that your one example was tar poop. Like <laughs> just, I was robbed of tar poop. And I just think that motherhood is wild guys. I, I completely it understand, really but it's just wild. It's so wild. It's like, I miss tar poop. I'm so rude. Uh, but okay, I get that. I 100% that. I was getting that kind of like, I was going from an adoption angle and again, not a place of anything personal. So mm-hmm. yeah. Excellent. So charming sucks. Let's talk about why charming yeah, oh sucks. Oh my God. Because <laughs> like, because you know, we've been talking for weeks that charming is putting, was putting himself in a very bad situation because he's keeping all these really bad secrets that now he cannot leave Neverland and he has doomed his wife to be stranded with him in Neverland, which is like one of the worst places ever, or she's going to have to leave him behind. Uh, and this is where <laughs> right after she's like, I want to have a baby with you. I want to have, you know, start this new journey with you have, you know, and, and continue with this. I want this, I want this with you. And he's like, yeah, about that. Well, I mean, are you cool with the baby? Um, being a lost boy, if it's a boy, cause I'm stuck here. Yeah. 
yeah, because that that then reminded me, like, and I, I might have mentioned it before during my ranting. I, I can't really remember. But, like, he made a decision for Snow in that. He was making a decision for Snow in all those situations. Like, I'm dying. Mm-hmm. I'm deciding that Snow doesn't get to do this. But also, I'm going to live again. But I can never be with Snow, like, unless she wants to stay here, which, why would she? Uh, and Because they're all trying to leave. The whole goal of this is to grab, grab and go. They're trying to grab Henry and get the hell off this island. Emma's not staying. So now you're, you know, if you can convince Snow to stay, she's now missing even more of her daughter growing up. All of her daughter growing up, if she has to live in Neverland, she'll just sit there and never age, and her baby will be an infant forever, which sounds horrifying uh or or she's or it doesn't she gets pregnant and it doesn't age and she just stays pregnant for the rest she's of her in life the first trimester for the rest of her life and that's why snow white murdered prince charming <laughs> the <laughs> end no yeah no that's there's his secret i wish here's what i wish uh hooks hooks little secret two feet of bridge uh snow's secret Four feet of bridge. Charmings. A bridge. Uh, some handrails that are OSHA approved. Uh, some just suspension stuff. A light fixture. Like, it's just like, hey, dumbass, this was the biggest secret ever. You've destroyed your entire adventuring party. What is wrong with you? Who keeps secrets like this? The cave actually shuts down because it's never heard anything this terrible in its entire existence. Yeah, it, it never it never ha- needs another secret again. It, it ODs on secrets. The echo cave jumped the shark in that moment. <laughs> The other thing that really infuriates me about this is you have Mary Margaret, like it, let's, let's do a little compare and contrast. If Mary Margaret, you know, wanting a child behaved the way David had this whole time, she like, that would have been her instead of, that would have been her like not taking her birth control anymore or, you know, like just kind of keep, you know, tabbing her ovulation a little bit and not expressing it to him because she wants a baby. And then she's like, well, surprise, I'm pregnant. We're having another baby. Um, because he made decisions for her over and over and over again. And he has, he has changed her life without her consent. And like, if Mary Margaret had done even an iota of that to him, we would be calling it unforgivable. David's actions are unforgivable and Mary Margaret is pissed off at him for the rest of the episode and I hope the rest of the series. But that's not true. It should be, though. Yeah, again, like, when you're married to somebody, when you're with somebody or you're just living with somebody, whatever, just paired with somebody, shit happens. Shit happens, it sucks, that changes your lives, but you're, like, in that together like, hey, this bad thing happened, mm-hmm. but here we are together. Charming didn't do that. Charming had the bad stuff come to him, and he did not involve his partner. Like, had he involved Snow, I think she would have physically run up the mountain to get the the water and come back down. It would have been done in an episode. She'd have done it all by herself. She'd found a way to weaponize the well, the water, like, a whole thing. But, like, he doesn't... It's almost like he's... I don't want to say he thinks she's stupid, but it's just one of those he he thinks doesn't think a lot of her if he's going to do this to her. He doesn't think of anybody very very highly if that's how he's going to react. 
I mean, it's it's very it's almost like Rumple. It's cowardice. He's not. He's he is afraid that his actions will make people upset. So he procrastinates telling them about them instead of just communicating with them. Even though if he just simply talked to her, like you said, she would do everything she could for him. That's who she is. And that's who and Emma would be the same way. By not communicating with them, he's made it worse for everyone. Yeah. And But he did make a very nice bridge. Hmm. You know, they that now do true. tours down there. Yeah, it's a very nice bridge. It's wonderful. It's just, as a yeah. tourist attraction. Uh, makes the bridge and then Emma gets to sprint across and um, has to... Her sad eyes destroyed me. They oh, yeah. lit her so well. She had water from eyelid to eyelid the whole time. I don't know how she saw anything. She's just full of water. Yeah, because she, because her secret cuz she all because it's not just the the stone that that is activated. It's also the bars of the cage. Like and Neil the is bars just of like the cage that were not part of the cave earlier. Yeah, no. Whatever. And Neil's just like, no, that's not how it works. You can't, you can't destroy it. You have to destroy it with secrets. Because <laughs> that's how this whole damn cave works. Weren't you just on the other side of the cave? It's destroyed by secrets. I love what a messy bitch this cave is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feed on your drama. Oh my and God. So she tells. <laughs> mm. Sorry, I was just going to say if anybody ever needed this, like they would just be like, I need to go into the Echo Cave to get anything. So they're just going to go get the ladies who brunch. To bring in oh. every secret that anybody has ever had. And oh, they just build God. bridges for a living. That's how they pay for mimosas. Like, just Dude, like, they, here's would, our they would make like an ice skating rink. Like, that whole thing would be rock, yeah. and then they could lay ice on top, and then they could just, you know, hang out. Yeah. That's their, that's, that would just be, that would just be where they thrive. But yes, Emma. Make a little sauna, to- Himalayan salt room Ooh. of secrets. Of secrets. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So Emma tells um, Neil that her secret is that she kind of wish he was dead because she's been through so much pain and, you know, her, you know, given everything she's been through, her coping mechanism is survival at any cost, including especially when it comes to him because of how much he hurt her in the past. So she's like, I, I am in love with you. I want to be with you. But I didn't want you to be back because then I'd have to deal with all of this and I might have to lose you again. And it it, it kind of goes back to what Charming was afraid of. But it's a lot better for Emma to deal with it, having the knowledge. Just imagine if they'd gone into that cave. Neil had been there and Emma hadn't known. And then Charming's like, oops. Well, yeah, he's been here the whole time. He's been here the he's whole time. And the bridge builds throughout three feet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> also, oh, yeah, I almost secret, died and I have to live here for Well, I do like a, of the good writing, I like that Emma's I Wished You Were Dead uh, was very, was very well spoken. because it. Oh, very I, much so. Got, very well written, too. She, but it is something, and they didn't tap on this, but like it is something that she has already learned. She learned this with Henry. She just kept trying to push Henry out of her life because she didn't want to activate a part of her that cared. Mm-hmm. And the moment that it did, she was just like, this is this is it now. 
my I, my claws are in. I'm, I've dug in too deep. Like I tried to make this go away, and I can't because now I'm here. I'm involved. I don't, you know. And that's the same thing with Neil. Like it was, oh, he's here. I'll deal with it. I'll be a little crazy, but I'll deal with it. And then it was he was gone, and unfortunately, part of her grief process was, I mean, he's gone, and I'm sad, but now I'll never love again, and that's kind of a nice feeling. It's like, oh God, Emma, no, no. And also, there's a hot pirate over there. So she didn't also, mention that, though. That wasn't on kissing the pirate. Not on the Island of Secrets. Also, you know your pirate mentor back there? I might have smooched him a little bit. Uh, yeah, Just no, so then it opens up. And I applaud Neil's reaction to this. Oh, His reaction 100%. was not bad. His reaction was not to be angry. He like the moment that opened up because she was falling apart, he pulled her into his arms and he's like, no, it's fine. Like even outside the cave, he was like, I get it. Like, that's not your fault. These are feelings that you're having. This isn't a secret. This is your grief process talking. Like he's a smart enough to, that's what charming lacks. Charming lacks emotional intelligence to be like me not wanting to tell her is a defense mechanism because I don't want to deal with her being sad. So he won't face it. Well, she faced it, she did it, and Neil's proud of her because he's such a good boyfriend. But there also is a pirate with eyeliner in the in 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 the bushes <laughs> staring for Yeah, him. Neil Neil was giving serious good boyfriend vibes and uh I I I I mean on one hand I'm like this is great to see. Uh it's very healthy and it's very good to to represent this kind of relationship and dynamic. But knowing once upon a time, the moment anything goes well for anybody, it's going to not go well eventually. And I feel like this is where they're starting to set up, like, Neil's eventual end. Like, this is not setting up a long-term romance between the two of them. This is them setting up that he's going to die. And he needs her to be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. This is is them having their, their, their long goodbye. Um, yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. It's, it's, let's just say though, it is better than the one that Regina and Robin get later on in the series. I do you remember that? I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. I was thinking very specifically about it. Um, yeah, no, this was, this is nice. And you know what? The teenage girl in me loves a good triangle, a love triangle with two hot boys. So, count time. Yeah. Well, Regina hasn't been there. Because she took off a while ago. Because <laughs> she hated everybody and got very mad. So she left. Although on, on upon her exit, I will give her points. Because I, I don't recall her saying this very often, if ever, before. But she told Emma she's going to go find our son. Yeah. She was acknowledging both of them as his mother. And I don't recall. I'm, she, I'm sure she's done it at some point in the past. But it felt, felt very poignant in that moment. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh. That's nice. That's yeah. good for That's you, nice. Regina, even though you're ditching everyone. She's storming off with like fireball energy, but it's like, good for you. Good for you. You're getting there. You're processing it in your own time. You'll get there. Um, so she's heading off to go, you know, save Henry on her own. Because uh, we've got another guy who's out there doing the same thing. Uh, our own Rumpelstiltskin, who gets to hang out with Pan, who's... Uh, no, uh, Abby, tell me, tell me about this scene. Tell me, tell no, me about how much this. you loved this scene. I hate this scene so much. Okay, so Pan shows up, and this is 
the first part of the conversation, not so bad, uh, because they basically keep saying this, that this is the part where they dangle very closely in front of you, the big secret, because Pan just is like, oh, well, did you ever forgive your father? He's just like, touche. No, I did not. <laughs> um, but like when he shows up, Pan is cooking uh, the the meal I, I rightfully or wrongfully associate with V for Vendetta. Uh, he's making him eggs in a bed. Like, or like, isn't that what it is? It's like the toast with the egg in the middle. Is that what he was making? Yeah. Yeah, I anyway, think so, yeah. He's like, I think that's how I remember how you like them. And so they just leave this ticking time bomb of a terrible reference just sitting there on the fire. That's furious. So he's just like, anyway, so they have their conversation and it's great. And he's just like, you need to go. You need to leave here because you're not going to win. Like, Neil doesn't want to be with you. Henry doesn't want to be with you. You suck. Uh, but just go home because, you know, isn't there like a really pretty lady waiting for you? She looked very fertile. Ugh. And he's just like, yeah, go back to her. Go back to her. And then he says like a couple of other lines. And I genuinely don't remember what they are because the follow, the last line, he walks away and just goes, enjoy those eggs. And my whole brain shut down. You can't say the word fertile and then enjoy those eggs within like the same breath. It doesn't work. It's gross. And if it's not intentional, it's a, it's a bad writing. It's just bad. Oh, I hated it. Made my whole, all my skin crawl off my body. Ugh. And isn't that kind of the point though? Are we supposed to be like super creeped out by a pan? So like I it think checks so. out. So it checks out, but still. Ugh. <laughs> and you and I have talked before about, you know, how the reveal later, you know, just kind of makes his pan's whole thing really extra super gross because he is, an adult man who has fathered children. So he has fertilized the eggs. So like him talking about gold and bell and her being fertile and eggs and all this weird stuff. It, it just adds to the creepiness of pan. But I'm also like, is this a creepiness we want or a creepiness we desire in this show? I, and say, yeah, this not, no, not necessarily. Well, There's because, limits. So if we, we think about it, categorically before the reveal all we know is that this is a 17 year old boy who just told an ancient being uh to go back and hit it because she super looked full of eggs like that's just it's weird it's terrible it's awful and gross but like in an awful and gross kind of way where you're just like oh this is it like this is almost them getting ready to lower the boom because they're like hey you know how super weird and creepy gross it is it's even worse because he's not 17. He's actually a 46-year-old incel from Reddit. <laughs> like, ah! Who's also, like, so, and he's telling his son to go yeah. tap that. Yeah, go like, tap that. She looks super fertile. Only compliment he can give her, she looks fertile. Doesn't he also say plump? He puts a modifier in front of it. Like, it's not just yeah, fertile. It's like. He might as well just say she Nick, has birthing hips. Like, she's, it's yeah, just, she's just wide hips. You know, as you know, son, our, our kind comes out with real big heads. Like, <laughs> I mean, they, they have full heads of hair. But then, because, you know, like, Pan leaves creepily, uh, and uh, then, and then because he talked about a, a young, supple woman, a young, supple woman appears. Oh, Rumple. Yeah. Just and come this, home to me. Yeah, this, and this is like, this is, again, I I don't like this dynamic. And they, 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 they turn it a bit because... They reveal that it's not just gold talking to a manifestation of Bell inside his own head. It's actually the shadow who has been just messing with him the whole time on Pan's behalf. 
I find it very weird that the shadow has this ability. Um, but lo and behold, now I'm assuming Rumple's shadow has this ability. Any shadow has this ability. I'm calling it right now. If they don't, it's inconsistency. My shadow is a shapeshifter. Ah! Uh, and yeah, because she's like, here, take my hand and we'll go home. I'm like, Rumple, that should have been your sign. She's like, take my hand. Take it. <laughs> Just hands it out, goes full Aladdin. Do you trust me? Um, well, so here, a theory. All of his other ones were projections of Belle. This one was not. You think so? But then how would the shadow... How would the shadow speak in a way that made it seem like Bell had been privy to the previous conversations? Wouldn't like the way that the bell spoke in the scene, it felt like the bell who had, who was continuing the same through line of interactions with Rumple. It didn't feel like a new bell. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I'm going to say she just kept pushing the same agenda a little harder than I think I remember her talking before. But now that I think about it, the bell previously was kind of like, what are you doing here? Why are you staying here? I'm so young and full of eggs. Come home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that like this was this was where where Pan told the Shadow, "Hey, get him out of here. I'm sick of him. This is not working out for me anymore. Get rid of him." Yeah. Um, before, because otherwise, the only other explanation, and this is also a poss uh, this is distinctly a possibility, uh, that Rumple was just talking out loud. And See, we're just speaking, yeah. speaking to Belle. And the shadow was just lingering in the back, just listening to him, being like, Belle, I'm a monster. Belle, I can't, you can't trust me. I'm a monster. Oh, you're back in Starbuck waiting for me? I don't believe you. And then the shadow's just like taking notes in his little notebook. I also feel like, okay. yes, because she. I also feel like she was dressed a little bit differently than the way that Rumple had projected her. So that's where I got that kind of theory. I just her also make, like Her lipstick idea. was a little more. I noticed yeah. that. Like she looked a little bit more like... Hey, a little, little more lacy today. A little, um, little more birthing hips. A little more birthing hips. Just like, woo. Um, yeah, because I, I, I like that theory only because I like the idea of, like, Pan in the trees, like, watching Rumple trying to, like, get the drop on him and just being like, this man has fully lost it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I just like, just like, oh, I don't have to screw with this guy at all. He is, he is gone. He is crayon short of a box. Like, this is going to be easy. <laughs> But before the shadow can finish his work, Regina shows up, chokes the life out of it, and it's revealed to be the shadow, and the shadow wanders off, and Rumple's like, oh no, I got bested, and now I embarrass myself in front of Regina. And she's just like, she's she's basically smacking him, she's doing the smacking scene from Airplane, snap out of it, you yeah. are Rumple. Get back in line. We have to go kill Henry. <laughs> Save Henry. No, we're not killing him. No, no. You want to no. kill him. We're um, and I I need Rumple to shut the F up about dying for to kill Pan and save Henry. We get it. Literally everyone has heard about this 40 times. We so don't need you to keep talking about it. This, two things. One, it reminds me of my great-grandmother who... Uh, starting in like the early nineties started telling me not to get too attached to her because she was going to die. It's like, I'm going to die any minute now, any moment now, any moment now. Don't get attached. Abby. don't just, I'll tell you a couple stories just because I need to tell you because you're going to die. She lived to be 102 only passed away like last year. So it's like, she'd been telling me for like 25 years. She's like, any moment now, any moment now it's coming. Like that's what, that's the energy rumble. had. <laughs> but 
Also, this is the line that bothered me. I'm not going to say bothered me the most because we've already discussed the eggs. Uh, but Rumpel's just like, yeah, the only way to kill Pan is for me to also die. And Regina's response is, okay, well, let's think of a new plan. No, that's not the answer. When someone says the only way you can kill that random person over there is to kill me, your an- your question is, why is that? Why is that the case? Like, because he's not making it sound like it's going to be a duel to the death. It makes it sounding like if he dies, I die. Not like in a, like in a magic way. Why? Why are you tied together? What's happening here? Why is no one talking about it? Why is no one asking any questions? Well, the reason <laughs> that Rumpel gave before, and it was a couple weeks ago, was he said, in order to defeat Pan, you have to be willing to die. That's not the same thing as actually dying. I I just feel like this is like one of those situations where they just gave Rumpel two lines of dialogue and he repeats them ten times per episode for the past five episodes. Like, when he went off on his own, I thought that was really cool. I thought it was interesting. But all he's done is just sit in the woods talk to an imaginary friend that turned out to be a shadow and say he's going to die. Like Rumpel hasn't done anything. I feel like this is that scene in Thor too, when like Loki's in, in prison and he like gets rid of the, like the, 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 the thing. And instead of being a well-dressed man being kept up in a nice place, he's just destroyed. He's all upset and his hair is a mess. Um, like Rumpel's just projecting this image of him being put together. Um, well, because that's, like, if that was the case, then the question should have been, okay, if we're going to do this, the only way to do this is if I die, are you prepared to die? Because that would make that through line sound better. Because the impression I got from this episode was that apparently we will die together like Romeo and Juliet. Which is a whole different problem. <laughs> and weirdness. Yeah, and there's also the undoing thing that they didn't even talk about in this episode. But alas, apparently there is a third option. Rumpel says, it's back in my pawn shop in Storybrooke. So we're going to have to go, oh we're going to have to go get someone, send someone to get it. Because as we all know, and this is how Rumpel words it, as we all clearly know, mermaids can travel between realms. This is da, just a fact literally everyone knew. Yeah. It's just like you learn it in like day three of wizard school. da Uh, Yeah, but, um... We, do we know any mermaids, Beth? I mean, we know the one from the first episode. It's her, yeah. right? Oh, probably. It's probably, it's probably not. It is. It's probably she just not waves the one who's a and Disney says, princess. Totally, I'll do it, and then she leaves. The end. Yeah, yay. yay! We did it. So, back in the before four times. <laughs> do, in the do, of, do. Before this is before Snow meets Charming, mm-hmm. but she is still in her bandit phase. Uh, she is running from the guards and uh, she gets to a cliff and she's like, oh no. But then she she jives off anyway. And then a, a mermaid rescues her, pulls her to the surface. Um, I don't know why she was unconscious underwater, but the moment she came above water, she was no longer unconscious. Like, that was weird. But okay. I mean, the sea air, just, you know. I guess. Just, just, it, it, it just does it. Just really like, ah. <laughs> um, so she gets up and she's like oh thank you you saved me oh my god you're a mermaid like I love her reaction to that it's like is this before she knows a full ass werewolf <laughs> like this might because... be before the werewolf yeah okay I don't remember how much 
This well, may be very after early she meets, snow. This is early snow running in the woods. This is before the dwarves. I think this is before Red. Because well, after she meets Red, Red helps her run away. Helps right. her get okay, to light. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I think... Okay, maybe that makes sense. Maybe her... her, re, her um, oddity of different creatures and different life forms has not been fully expanded at this point. So then we get this whole backflash or flashback is the most amount of exposition that has ever been crammed into a flashback. I think of all time. It, I was so bored. (laughs) I'm so mad. I love the little mermaid and this could have been so cool. I was so bored the whole time. Cause it's like they're sitting on the rock and they're talking and she's just like, Oh, well yeah, I'm in love with this guy. Never talked to him, but I saw his face and totally in love with him. And so I was like, Oh my God. Totally. Which, okay. It being funnier that she's young snow is like, yeah, I'm super good at keeping secrets. Oh, why am I on the run? I spilled the secret of the queen and now she's trying to kill me. <laughs> like, Oh, uh, no, you're not good at keeping secrets. Snow. You're terrible at it. Um, but yeah. So anyway, Ariel, uh, has decided that she's going to go meet the love of her life. He is throwing a ball for mm-hmm. the god, the mythical goddess Ursula, 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 however you were saying it. Um, Ursula. Ursula. Because uh, that's a thing, a ball. Um, it's a prince, a prince named Eric. And he's going to throw a ball. Are you saying, Abby, the prince is giving a ball. The prince is giving a ball. What a man, what a man, what a man. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this kind of had what this had what a man prom it, prom dress in night in two thousand two oh, vibes. This was tough, guys. So she basically said she's gonna go to this ball, and she was like, "Oh, totally. I will totally help you." I don't know how she helps her, but they go to um, a justice store and get these two. Like, justice isn't the right store. There's got to be a better store for this, and I can't think of it. Wet but seal. they go to this. Wet Seal. Oh my, I love Wet Seal so much. I had so many terrible shirts from Wet Seal. Oh, the shirts fell apart. Okay, so they go and they get these terrible prom dresses. Yeah, because all the, okay, Abby, can we just like take a step back in general and talk about the costumes in this whole flashback? I'm not just talking about the knee-length dresses that all the women wear, because for some reason in this kingdom, every woman wears a knee-length prom dress. I'm not just talking about the white guys in turbans and the white women in saris in the background, but I'm also talking about the woman who plays Ariel, Joanna uh, Garcia Swisher, is a beautiful woman. She is gorgeous. The and she has a wonderful figure. You would not know that because these costumes were not made for her body, and they made her body look bad. Like the her her prom dress, she has a shorter waist. This woman has a shorter waist. They boxed her waist and made it even shorter, and then gave her these giant hip things. It didn't go with her curves, and then her mermaid outfit had that weird netting that was just loose enough and skin colored to make it look like she'd bought one of those spirit Halloween costumes for a seven-year-old. So I think we're also forgetting that this happened in the early 2000s when fashion (laughs) was a disaster. So because I, I very distinctly remember what the, those dresses, like I can picture them in my brain, those dresses existed, but they also like this, 
I'm just thinking about just I, I wanted to make a Dear Evan Hansen joke because these they they they're dresses for young girls and they're being worn by two full ass adults. Yeah. So it just doesn't work. That is not like you can't do a a T length skirt. Not T length. It's not T length. I like knee length, but also do the puff skirt thing. Like that's a very like hi, I'm 17 and I haven't filled out yet, so this is giving me a figure. You can't do it on two women with figures. It it makes it look insane. Um, it's like they're auditioning for an episode of Toddlers and Tiaras. It was so bad. And it, it just, it's so like, I don't know if they were trying to go like a knight's tale on this where they're like, oh no, it's fashion, but out of the time. And it's like, no, it just looks like you ran out of dress ideas. I mean, they were they trying to like, like a sore thumb too? They were just like, hey, look, there they are. Nice. <laughs> well, yeah, like all the women had those weird neat lengths dresses. It was even the extras yeah. in the background. I didn't get it. Well, like, I think maybe they were trying to convey that this is a very distant kingdom to try and justify why Snow White was just out in the open as herself, even though she's on the run from the queen. Is it and like this kingdom is this far, far was? away? Well, yeah, and like the guards chased her to the the cliff and Ariel was there because she's going to the nearby castle. Like, th this is... How, how I don't, I'm flabbergasted at Snow White being like, I'll help you and not even bothering to put herself in a disguise. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. None of this had none of this made sense to me because I'm like, you didn't go anywhere. You went down. You did not go out. You didn't go north, south, east or west. You went down in the same longitude and latitude. You have not entered a new area. Unless some sort of weird... Because Regina is clearly there and can clearly reach her magic. So, yeah. This whole thing was just a dumpster fire. So then the the prince comes down. Um, I wish... I, they, I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to give him that, like, prince from... Uh, like, the Disney prince look. But you can't do the Disney prince look while everyone else is doing 2009 wet seal prom. <laughs> like he just looks like the chaperone who overdressed. Uh, yeah, and his also, sash looked like a like a curtain. Yeah, and also not like it because he also had like a very boyish face to him. I he also was I'm, not the best actor. I'm sorry, we've had better princes. This whole dancing scene. So he like sees her across the room, and then he's just like, "Yes, we will dance." And then they dance, and everyone stares at them. Ariel proved she's not great at walking or doing human things. Does this dance to perfection? <laughs> and it's a they're for a while they're just doing the normal da 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 da. It's they're just dancing. Step, no big deal. Yeah, and then they just start promenading around the room by themselves, and it looked and it looked bad. It, it looked weird. so bad, but. To make things worse, Beth, <laughs> How can the you? whole time they're talking, yes. the most stilted, <laughs> terrible two 17-year-olds talking about what they're going to do after college. It was just like, I will be going away. <gasps> to where? I'm going to across the world. I've always wanted to go across the world. This had my fan fiction dreams in it. A hot boy from a band shows up and realizes how super totally cool I am and wants me to go on their tour with them. It's like, that's the energy here. It's that fan fiction energy of just being like, come with me. 
girl I I don't know her last name. Eric and Ariel, that's all they know about each other. Literally it. And then he starts telling this bizarre story about his shipwreck and how he remembers her face, but he remembers her face because Queen Ur- like Ursula showed it to him. Not that it's some sort of foggy memory of him being half unconscious. And she's like, oh, that sounds great. I'll totally do it. It's, it's amazing. It's a great. That scene went on. And I don't want to sound hyperbolic, Beth, but that scene went on for 10 years. <laughs> I, I aged noticeably as that scene went on. Calendar pages flew off. It was, uh, why? Why did this happen? Because <laughs> in this world, you know, they, they do make some, even though, like, they give her a very close version to the aerial costume, but they do change the story somewhat in that Ursula is a sea goddess from thousands of years ago who is long extinct. No one knows hide or tail of her, but at high tide, she does let all the mermaids walk on land. All the mermaids. And then they have to go back. And high tide, high tide is actually like what? Like once a month, right? I, just, I don't, I don't know. know. Can you, can I've been you look landlocked it up most quick? of my life. I can't can look it up. Right. Oh, oh, I can look it up. I'll look it up. Okay. So yeah. So like on. yeah. So so she she's mad and she's like, I'm gonna go yell at the ocean as if I'm talking to the sea, which really loud. Okay. Listen, I'm I love so some of my favorite high fantasy books that I read. I love them because they have really complicated religions and stuff. Like I love fake fantasy religions for some reason. This whole thing, there is a mystical power that allows you to walk with legs amongst the people at high tide. But you're going to get mad at one small decision and like, like throw your shoe at a goddess for not listening and not answering you. Like this is all very blasphemous, all terrible. But it's just like, oh, she gives you all these wonderful gifts. But you're mad because your life's not working out because you fell in love with a boy with two legs, you nerd. All right. Yes. So the time. <laughs> there's, there's a couple different answers. Tell me all so, of them. So te- the first one is general high tide <laughs> is every day. Fantastic. Because <laughs> there's always a high tide in the day. There's the high tide and the low tide. However, if we are talking about the highest tide, that's the spring tide. That's not the ti- tide. that's not the time of year. It's called that because it's springing forward. It's a high tide and it's every month. Fantastic. <laughs> it's every single month. So her With, whole like Ursula gives moon. them Exactly. Because the moon. Because so the moon. So instead of getting her period, she gets legs. Great. And it says, as well as that, coastal areas experience too high and too low tides every 24 hours and 50 minutes. So you guys, maybe she does every day. She's like, Ursula, give me my gift. Every day is a gift. Just wandering Twice. around stealing forks from people. Just like, what's up? So I can stab I, queens later. I am, okay, I'm I love this so much. Like it's so bad. So okay. So we'll keep going. Mm-hmm. Oh, also by the way, we've we've missed two random drops. Of mm. first, there is a Munchkin drop. There's yes. a there a Wizard of Oz drop, and then the prince makes an Agrippa reference. So mm-hmm. it's just more like, hey, <laughs> extended universe. <laughs> um, through this mirror, uh, R- Regina is seeing that. Uh, <sighs> 
Ariel and Snow are having to pantomime a conversation. <laughs> and it's so bad. Like, why didn't you give them actual dialogue? They're clearly trying to vamp and it's failing 100%. It was so awkward. Just literally she have see- them read their lines again. Just yeah, have just them say like, hey, over and over. Why? What did the prince say? Oh, he said this. And then just like slow fade. No, we don't do that. We just hear her go, um, like it's that stage thing. Um, I don't know. It's like, I hear her doing it. I'm it's driving me nuts. So Regina's mad. She's just like, oh no, you let her live. So she kills the one dude, all very Darth Vader style. And then right before she kills the other one, both of them, by the way, covered an eyeliner for some reason, but like not in a good way. Like they tried to wash it off and it didn't go away. Um, and she's like, no, wait, I have a much better idea. So cut to Ariel having a crisis of faith at the beach um, and yelling at Ursula. And again, very stilted. Don't believe any of this, whatever. But then Beth, Earth, Ursula comes. She shows up. And it's definitely the goddess the Ursula. has arrived. And coincidentally, she looks exactly like Lana Perilla. But she doesn't sound like Lana Perilla because for some reason, Lana Perilla decided she was going to sound exactly like the actress who played Ursula. It just, it didn't work, guys. I, I, again, I love her so much and she does so much wonderful stuff. This clunker, no, I did not like this at all. I wanted to fast forward through it. I hate it so much. So yes, I will give you, I can't even do the impersonation. And she was like, yes, I'll give you, uh, I will let you do it. But you know, like I'll let you have your legs a five ever, but you have to do like one super simple thing because magic does come with a price. So let's pay this price. Beth, can we talk about the... Pr- First of all, I want to talk about um, uh, Lana's entire outfit and what was going on there. Uh, because first of all, she's in a strapless thing and her arms and her back, 10 out of 10. They look amazing. She looks great. But then the thing on her head. Yeah. What is, what's happening here? And why did she kind of look like an early test run for Hades? Well, and that's the funny thing is like they actually end up recreating it for the other Ursula's costume, I think only because Lana Perillo was wearing it in the scene. And either one looked terrible. It's just yeah. a giant pile of beads on her head. Yeah. Beads and shells. Someone yeah, just like slapped you- a bunch on a plastic crown and called it a day. Listen, there is a reason it's called Disney gave me unrealistic expectations about my hair. It is a drawing of hair, and it does not work, and it also doesn't really work with, like, a lot of things. Anyway, just this whole CGI situation was just, like, a lot. So, cut cut to, like, the next morning, I guess. And Ariel is supposed to be meeting with her prince on the docks. And Snow is there for some reason. And... This this whole interaction baffled me because she's like, oh, yeah, don't worry. Slaps a magic cuff on her. Ariel smash, smashes a cuff on... Uh, magic cuffs. A magic cuff on snow. And it's just like, you are a mermaid now. Not asking any questions as to whether or not now she can breathe underwater because that would be a big deal breaker. Maybe she'll just drown. Uh, now you can, you know, you're a mermaid. I didn't ask to do this to you. I didn't give you any warning about it. At no point have you expressed any interest of becoming a sea creature for the rest of your life with this very awful bracelet. She, I, 
I don't think Ariel's this naive. This was wild. Yeah, it's either she's very naive or she is really mean. Because she like she's so happy. She she expresses complete joy at 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 putting like and then she gets really upset when she feels like the queen tricked her and I'm like you did you at one point give Snow a chance to consent to being a mermaid? No, you like she's like, "Oh, well now you can go be free of the queen forever." And I'm like Getting a little sick of people just irre- yeah. irreparably changing Snow's life without her av- having any say in it whatsoever. Yeah, and yet something okay. tells me the show isn't actually drawing that parallel. No, I don't think they, uh, it's just weird. So, you know, Regina shows up and she's like, oh, it's Ursula. And she's like, no, it's not Ursula. It's the evil queen. <laughs> All these lines. And then it's just like, oh my God, I can't believe you tricked me. Shush now, little mermaid. Really? We needed to do that? Did you think that we were not following along with what was happening? Were you contractually obligated to say the title of the movie? Abby, just wait until we get frozen. I, okay, you know what? That's fair. That is a fair comment. <laughs> I really attracted. You ain't uh, the, the baby. You just ain't seen nothing beep, yet. Beep, 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 beep. Um, so, <laughs> this was also bad. I, the, also, I like that the whole time, the whole time that all this weird exposition is happening between, uh, between all of them is just Snow, like, desperately fighting with the fin. Like, I can't, I can't. Trying to get to the water. I hate this. Uh, but basically, she's just like, no, you go. Snow says to Ariel, she's like, no, you go, go to your prince. He will wait for you. He's there. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about poor little old me that you've turned into a fish. I'll be just fine. And Regina's just like, yeah, go. get Like, just constantly just, like, looking over her shoulder and just screaming. It was very weird energy coming from Regina. Mm-hmm. She looked amazing, though. Absolute fire. Great. Oh, Love 100%. 10-10. Yeah. Yeah. Just. And Ariel turns to leave. And then, and then Regina goes to just start. Killing Snow, because apparently this is where Snow's going to meet her final end. They make two fi- They make two catch of the day jokes. Did you think that the first one didn't hit, that you needed to make it twice? Continue. So nice I did it twice. No, no need to apologize. Uh, because Ariel's going to come back in, uh, swoop in, and stab Regina in the neck. With a salad trident. Get her. Yes. You got this, girl. And you just see, and my my favorite thing wasn't just the stab. It was the whole, like, ensuing 20 seconds. I was just watching Lana Perilla in the background, just weirdly walking, half stumbling around. Like, they didn't get, it's like they didn't give her direction on how to respond to being stabbed in the neck. So she's just like, uh, uh, uh. She's like kind of like moving slightly back and forth and then just sits down. <laughs> <laughs> gotta sit down lost a lot of blood oh my like you think being stabbed in the neck might cause you to like at least fall over but not lana no, no that that's not her style and if she fell in that dress she'd probably never be able to get back up listen if you're gonna come at the qu- the evil queen you better come at her with a dinner fork not a salad fork mm, so. maybe a short trident fork. sorry so yeah, strip Yeah, so she does she does reverse the magic and takes the uh because 
Because the the evil queen's one uh, mistake was not making it so like her, her the cuff could have just been enchanted that no one except the queen could remove it or no one could remove it altogether. But instead, it's a very specific spell of the wearer cannot remove it. So then it just like Ariel could just remove it. Or no, you know, Snow could just go to literally anyone else and be like, hey, just, remove this for me. She's just sitting there on the dock. Hey, man. Hey. Can you get this for me? Thank you. Hey, Sorry. Thanks, thanks. Fingers. Thanks, my bro. fingers are slippery. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Cool. Nice. Uh, and then it's like, oh my God, you're a mermaid and you got legs now? Yeah, it's high tide, I assume. <laughs> yeah, and then you'd like, and then um, Ariel is over in like Germany with, with Eric and then all of a sudden just floop and it's just flopping around like a fish. What? Yeah, she's like, is that scene from mermaids? How oh, could no. this like, be? No. Um, so... <laughs> Anyway, Arrow's like, oh, he's probably, like, long gone by now. And she's like, no. He was, like, super in love with you. He will wait forever. And she's like, okay. She goes. And she goes off to swim up to go to yell at her prince and let her know, hey, I'm a mermaid. I hope that does not affect your travel plans too much. Big super secret. But she cannot yell. Mm. She now no longer has a voice. uh, Because Regina... Now with a a band-aid, I assume, on her neck, has come back to exact her price of of revenge and uh, magic and takes her voice from her. Yeah, the justification for for why Regina would take her voice is very poor. Like, they didn't really bother putting a lot of effort into it. It's just because it's from the movie. It's from the fairy tale. That, so that's why Regina has to do it. But they don't actually, they don't justify it within the context of this story. It's like, you know what is better than, you know, you telling him he, you love him and then him saying no is never getting to tell him at all. Like, is it? I don't know. It might be more fun. Like this, uh, if Peter Pan were in charge, he would have let all that go down because he knew it would end in fire. Yeah, you know, I I think Charming would also agree. Just never tell him. Never <laughs> Keep tell secrets him. forever. <laughs> never tell anyone anything. And Ariel doesn't think to splash or um or kick or anything, which is something that Ariel in the movie was fully prepared to do in order to get his attention. Like she made like plans. She is, she's also very much in full view of him, just like waving her arms. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, I don't see her. I see nothing. I shall die alone. <laughs> uh, but but it's just a hard cut to present day. And for some reason, Regina thinking, not for some reason, but she calls on Ariel to come back to her with her magic conch shell. Yes. And this was very fascinating to me because Regina calls Ariel back. And Ariel tries to call out. And then Regina's like, oh, yeah, you don't talk. Gives her her voice back. Now, here was my question. It's not more a question. It's more of an observation. This woman has probably been without the ability to speak for hundreds of years. Like, yep. the Enchanted Forest was at the very minimum several decades ago. But all these stories happen in a time outside of time, and she's in Neverland. This woman has been unable to speak for a very long time. That is incredibly traumatizing. Um, 
you know, in her specific situation because she had the ability to speak. And then all of a sudden it was taken from her and that can be traumatizing. Then Regina gives it back. And you'd think that somebody who had been deprived of their voice for so long, suddenly getting it back would be like, Oh my God, I can speak. Wah! Oh my God. But instead she's just like speaking like a normal person. What do you want? Why, I would why love I help for her to you? Just, I would have loved for her to just like swim away, both middle fingers in the air. <laughs> just like get out of like Regina's spell range, like underwater so she can't take her voice back. Like, ha sucker. I got it back finally. But yeah, I was expecting her voice to be also more hoarse. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I gotta try this out a little bit. Because uh, you're right. She, even not speaking for like a couple of days, it it's tough. And yeah. so, yeah, this would have been anyway yeah she gives her a voice back and she's like hey um i have your prints in storybrook uh so i'm gonna need you to help me uh do stuff and if you do i'll let you have legs and have a voice and die with him i guess hooray cut to credits dun, dun, dun. well cut, the cut to credits was on her lifting her chin and saying storybrook like she was invoking something storybrook it's like oh i remember that place so I'm curious because like it's been so long since I've seen these episodes. I know we talked, I think maybe two or three weeks ago, about our desire to like see what Storybrooke is like without our heroes there. Yeah, and I have to wonder how much of it we're going to get to see because I haven't watched ahead, so I don't know. So I'm kind of yeah, wondering if it's going to be like off screen or if we're actually going to spend some time. I'm hoping we spend some time in Storybrooke because I want to see what the hell they've been up to. I do too. I want to see Red. What's Red doing? What is Red up I, to? I got questions. And I don't want it to just be Belle because she was contractually part of the season. I, I want to see Hopper. I want to see the dwarves. I want to see Granny and her sandwiches and her crossbow. I want to see uh, Geppetto with his store. I want to see everybody. That's what I, I demand. That's I my d- demands. I demand it. My demands are small, demand. but they're meaningful. Anyway, guys, that was season three, episode six, Ariel. And I will leave you guys on this one fun factoid of trivia. You know your favorite ball dance? The one? It took eight hours to film. Oh my God. Why? <laughs> oh, I, mean, no. I don't know if that includes the rehearsal time, but according to the actor who played Eric, it was shot in eight hours. Okay, so it's also a really big, like, CGI room. Could you imagine being in that, like, green room for eight hours? The lighting in those... burnout. Yeah, the lighting in those situations is horrible. Like, MCU actors, man, I feel for them. I have Shooting no idea how they screen, function. Blue, it's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. wild. I... I also, I'm kind of wondering, do, like, people, like, load up our episodes and go, wow, Abby and Beth talked for almost an hour and a half. They are furious. <laughs> <laughs> like Abby and Beth like an episode they talk for 40 minutes uh, hard a nice tight oh my God. and I have minutes. one more piece of trivia this is the 50th what? episode of the show what number 50 50 is a big milestone and this is the episode they do it for and apparently it got generally positive reviews and I have no idea why oh okay so we're just a bunch of curmudgeons got it <laughs> no it's just a bad episode I'm sorry this one I did not enjoy it it Ariel deserved better. This story deserved better. 
Lana Perilla as Ursula was a mistake. We didn't even talk about the fact that there was a gold statue one that we had discussed before. Oh, Played by right. Yvette Nicole Brown, who shows like, up hey, and is don't like, don't do impersonate me, the goddess of the sea again, or I'm going to murder you with my gold tentacles that go through a mirror. Why didn't she give her voice back to her? Or yeah. own voice? Anything. I mean, she probably... I was... Whatever. It's a lot, you guys. Anyway, thank you. You only get so a voice much. at low tide. No, exactly. Low tide is when you get your voice back. <laughs> That's gonna that happens only twice every 24 hours. Um, we want to thank all of you for your wonderful love and support, especially our Snow Queen level patrons. We have a few new ones. Uh, so thanks to all of you. I'm gonna name everybody. We've got Daisha Thompson, Patrick Stevens, Jacob Fulcult, Philip Korn, Samantha Hustle. Brian Sanina, Lisa Slack, Lindsay Alice Halleck, Paul Rain Gregorikos, Emily, Rachel Zucker, La Femme Ficcionale, Erica Farrow, The Salt in Our Stars, and Zach Chovanoff. Thank you to all of you. And if you are interested in becoming a patron as well, you can head to patreon.com slash OUA timing. We have, as I had mentioned last week, our bonus episode where we reviewed Amazon Cinderella. And it was a wonderful, wild conversation that we had a great time doing. Uh, if you want to subscribe to us, you can find us on Apple, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You can find us on Twitter at OUA Timing. I am at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And we will be back next week with season three, episode seven, Dark Hollow. I literally do not remember anything about this episode title. I'm trying to click it and see what I see. Da, 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 da. I don't, it's, I, it's, it's nothing, it's a nothing episode. It's just black screen Ugh. for 44 minutes. Apparently we're going to the dark hollow. I'm wondering if it has fairies. Evil fairies. Ooh. Uh, I don't think it's time for the black fairy yet. Mm. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And Abby, <laughs> we will see you next week. See you next week, Beth.